Welcome back to the NFFL Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Richard Headley. Welcome back, all you fans of the Nellis Fantasy Football League. We are done with the first round of NFFL playoff action. And now, the hard work of a champion rising truly begins. This week, the playoff field was cut in half, with only 50% of my projections coming true. The number one and number three seeds in Crazy Horse went down, and the number three and number four seeds in Haterade will be watching uh, the rest of the playoffs from home. So, uh, yeah, just uh, keep that in mind as you're following all the action. Let's move into some uh, <laughs> some injuries that will impact the remaining teams. We're going to start with uh, quarterbacks. Jameis Winston. Uh, he has a hairline fracture in his throwing thumb. Saw specialist. Uh, he came back in in the second half, and he was able to continue playing. Uh, Specialist said uh, normal football action is not going to uh, hinder the thumb any further, so he's going to roll back out there. Patrick Mahomes bruised his hand pretty badly. Andy Reid says it's bruised, not broken. And Lamar Jackson is nursing a quad injury, apparently. Wide receiver DJ Shark left on a scooter because of an ankle injury. Uh, according to his coach, he's week-to-week or day-to-day, however you want to put it. Tight end Ryan Griffin for the Jets, uh, ankle injury. Wide receiver Auden Tate, sprained MCL. I'd be kind of surprised to see him do much for the rest of the season uh, for the NFFL. And uh, linebacker K.J. Wright uh, played with a dislocated finger. It didn't really impact his snaps. Uh, probably won't impact him much this week, but just keep an eye on that. There are two other uh, sizable injuries of note. Two teams still in the hunt for the Phyllis. Running back Rashad Penny tore his ACL and is done for the season. And wide receiver Calvin Ridley has an abdominal injury that uh, forced him from the game. And he himself shared uh, through social media that he is done for the season. So those are, uh, Rashad was picking up some, uh, some real chunks of real estate for the, C- for the Seahawks. And uh, Calvin, wi- without, uh, <laughs> without much competition between him and uh, Julio, since uh, <laughs> the old number two is now in New England, yeah, that's going to hurt. So let's move into our divisional round recap. 
I'm not dancing this week. Let's start off with the number one seed for Crazy Horse. Jim Kelly hates cancer. They took on the number four seed, Gridiron Mafia. Now, Jim Kelly hates cancer. This uh, uh, this game was our closest matchup, and it could have turned out much different. For Jim Kelly hates cancer, Aaron Jones had an MVP-style performance. Mwah. Austin Eckler had his own triple-double, which is quite rare for a running back. And nearly everyone else did uh, pretty much what they were expected to do, except for Emmanuel Sanders, sitting over there on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer's bench. I don't know if I would have started Manny over Jamison Crowder, but to sit back and see this point disparity has to kill. Jay, Jim Kelly hates cancer because that would have won the game right there. For Gridiron Mafia, after limping into the playoffs, uh, they chose this week to post their largest point total of the season. The stat sheet looks like a yo-yo for their box scores. Uh, Jameis, 50 points. OBJ, 4. McLaurin, 13. Sutton, 5. If this squad can find some consistency through the next two weeks, there's a very good chance that Gridiron Mafia will find their name on the Phyllis next August. The number two Crazy Horse seed, Cobra Kai, took on the number three seed, Six Flags Over Jesus. Now, for Six Flags Over Jesus, the team made a couple of solid moves leading up to the game, especially in filling their tight end hole with Olsen's real-world backup, Ian Thomas. Uh, he provided a spark with 14 points. And you remember last week, uh, neither of the tight ends on their roster was going to be playing this week. So kudos there. Uh, that's, a, that's a fantastic free agent pickup. And sticking with Raheem Mostert and his less-than-stellar matchup on paper, and uh, Robert Woods and his massive games, those two very bright spots. But Trubisky on the bench, more than doubling Murray's points at quarterback. And forgettable performances from Naeem Hines at running back and Landry and Brown at wide receiver. And a defense that didn't even surpass 50 points. That really did them in. Now for Cobra Kai, no real standouts who stood up and said, Look at me, I'm an all-star. Everyone did pretty much what they were supposed to do. Uh... But Mahomes and Cook were kind of disappointments for fantasy. Now, the Haterade number one seed, Lance Manlove, it still feels weird to say that, doesn't it? Took on the number four seed, Hater Tech. Uh, For Hater Tech, after limping into the playoffs on the back of a four-game losing streak where they put up some of their lowest point totals of the season, this is just embarrassing. They started the wrong quarterback in the Rams-Seahawks Sunday Night Football matchup. They had both Goff and Russell. Had the wrong San Francisco running back. And you can't say that the rest of the roster really didn't do what they were expected to, but their projected point totals were not enough to eke out a victory. Shout out to Ertz and his nine receptions for 91 yards and two touchdown performance, though. Uh, Pretty much all of which came in the final two minutes of regulation and 
overtime. <laughs> uh, he outperformed every other player on this roster. Just a little too little, a little too late. For Lance Van Love, no real standouts who outperformed what they were expected to do. And, well, except for Joe Mixon having his best game of the year. But this squad was just better headed into the matchup. But the defense could be an issue moving forward. It's the lowest scoring defense of the four remaining teams. And the number two Haterade seed Awful Waffles took on the number three seed Grizzles Gladiators. This was a 75 plus point differential, and it earns the whoop ass game of the week. Now, Grizzles Gladiators did not have a large margin for error heading into this game, and they needed the team to outperform their expectations at virtually every position. Derrick Henry and Allen Robinson both did. But after that, you can divide this roster into five or six guys who put in their expected effort and a whole bunch who will get participation ribbons in the offseason for their performance this week. For Awful Waffles... I think Alvin Kamara's turd might be the only real, true disappointment for their squad this week. Ryan Tannehill continues to show that it was apparently Miami that was the problem in his early career. Michael Thomas and Nuke both had fantastic days and real-world losses, and nearly 100 points from the defense, which included posting three interceptions, a fumble recovery, and a defensive touchdown. That all really sealed the deal for this group. So that's looking back. These are the last times you'll be hearing about four of these teams on this podcast. I'm not going to give them the happy trails treatment like I did last week to the teams that didn't make the playoffs because you guys got one more week of attention. But I am going to change direction and hand out some hardware for week 14. Offensive and Defensive Players of the Week. We're going to start with a Haterade Offensive Player of the Week. Ryan Tannehill, quarterback for Awful Waffles. 21 completions, 391 yards, three touchdowns, and a tackle. I'm assuming on his one pick. And the Defensive Player of the Week... Also hails from Awful Waffles. Look at that. Anyone surprised? Darius Leonard, linebacker, three tackles, two picks, one touchdown, and two passes defensed. For Crazy Horse, the Offensive Player of the Week, surprise, surprise, Jameis Winston for Gridiron Mafia. 33 completions, 456 yards. He is number three for single game yardage for that franchise. This guy's on pace for over 5,000 yards this year. Four touchdowns and one touchdown on the ground. And the Crazy Horse Defense Player of the Week, Zach Cunningham, linebacker for Gridiron Mafia. 12 tackles and five assisted tackles. So congratulations, guys. Uh, There you go. Now on to our... Poopers of the week. Remember, I do not consider 
injured players poopers. Pooping is when a player fails miserably to meet their projected expectations. A pooper has to have started for their NFFL team. Alvin Kamara, in a game that generated well over 80 points, 25 rush yards, 18 yards through the air, and a fumble. Leonard Fournette, 50 yards rushing and 13 yards through the air. Mike Gesicki, one catch, six yards. John Brown, three catches, 26 yards. Had a shot at a touchdown catch right near the end of regulation and had it swatted swatted away. Patrick Unwasor, only three tackles. A lot more was expected from you, bud. OBJ, you're regular here. Two catches, 39 whole yards. Cortland Sutton, uh, not bad reception-wise, five, but only 34 yards in a massive showing from that offense. Jamison Crowder, three catches, 30 yards. Julio Jones, five catches for 66 yards when your team put up a 40-burger and you're the number one receiver. Tevin Coleman, only six yards. Harold Landry III, only two tackles and three assists. And Saquon Barkley, 66 rush yards, three receptions, one receiving yard. Not good enough, damn it. Not good enough. These are... You should be ashamed of yourself. Look at you. Shame. Your Shame on what you poopers are. of the week. I pooped a hammer. Now, time to move on the conference championship matchups. Okay, I was dancing there. I'm just excited. Now we're going to start with the Haterade Conference Championship. Now, uh, this is the number one seed, the Lance Manlove, taking on the number two seed, Awful Waffles. Uh, the projected outcome for optimum uh, players, because I am recording on Tuesday night, waivers have not run. I'm working off of these rosters. Awful Waffles is projected to win by nearly 36 points. Let's look at Lance Manlove first. On the positive side, wide receiver. Chris Godwin gets Detroit, and Darius Clayton uh, gets Miami. Clayton looked pretty... Clayton, no, that's Slayton. Darius Slayton for the uh, the Giants. Slayton looked particularly good with Eli returning to lineup. He had eight targets and two touchdowns versus a marginally better Philadelphia defense. So that's probably going to be a good uh, matchup there. Tariq Cohen is a sneaky play at flex against Green Bay's defense. Uh, Montgomery had a leg injury last week, and he could be out this week. Cohen was also fairly active in the passing game last week. Green Bay gave up a combined 73 yards to running backs last week versus Dwayne Haskins and 170-plus yards and a touchdown overall. So uh, Cohen could be sneaky good there. Now, on the downside, Lamar Jackson could be a worry because on the one hand, they don't need him to beat the Jets Thursday night. And if he does play, there are some members of the Ravens team that think uh, opponents are aiming for his legs, and he's got that quad injury that's all of a sudden popped up. Uh, (laughs) 
He's also he's been solid against tougher defenses the last two weeks, but not spectacular. And the Jets are pretty good versus both quarterback and running back. Um, and you know he he could be hindered by that quad injury just in the running itself. And on the other hand, if they manage to go up big, and it's not him. It's the defense that put him up, which is very possible the way that Darnold plays. He might be sitting at halftime watching RG3 put the game away. The defense is also the weakest link in the playoff field, or the weakest left in the playoff field by a fair chunk. Now for Awful Waffles, on the good side, running back is solid this week. Uh, But Kamara is a worry. Indy is tough against opposing running backs, but if Norland can get up early, Kamara should see a lot of work. He's still getting uh, the lion's share of work, and if he's not stuffed on a goal line attempt like he was last week, uh, when that happened, Drew Brees vultured the touchdown the next play. Uh, and if that hadn't happened, six points better on his, his line, and you know we're not having that discussion of him being a pooper. Also... Awful Waffles has the strongest uh, defensive uh, guy remaining in the playoff. Things to worry about, Tyler Lockett. His performance has improved. Apparently he was suffering from the flu last week, and that's why he sucked. But he's still number three on the receiver pecking order. Henry is a worry at tight end. Last week a a touchdown save what would have been a miserable day. And Minnesota is in the middle of the pack against tight end, but... They've only yielded one touchdown to a tight end all season. That is one Troy Fumagalli for Denver. I've never seen that guy's name before this week. That means Hooper, Waller, Ertz, and Kelsey. They've all played against this defense. Only one of them topped 80 yards. And only two of them topped eight receptions. I am picking Awful Waffles to end Lance Man Love's Cinderella run, though. And let's look over the Crazy Horse Conference Championship. Number two seed Cobra Kai going to take on number four seed Gridiron Mafia. With the uh, optimum matchup, Cobra Kai is expected to win by about 35 and a half points. And these are not expected to be close games. For Gridiron Mafia, let's start with them since they're the underdogs. On the good side, the defense is second best in the the remaining teams left in this playoff field. And there's no real reason to expect this week to be anything different from them. They should provide Gridiron Mafia with a solid base to play from. On offense, if Jameis can grip the ball, he should put up some nice numbers against Detroit early. Austin Hooper should also be an auto start with Ridley proclaiming himself done for the season. You know, um, (laughs) Matt Ryan's going to have little else to throw to after Julio and Hooper already had his first week back after returning from his MCL injury to knock off the rust. So he should be good to go on the downside, the rest of the offense. OBJ is playing injured, obviously unmotivated. I don't know if you saw, there was at least one play last week where the team huddled up, and he wasn't even in the huddle. He was just standing out uh, out on the outside in in position waiting for the snap. 
McLaurin still has Haskins, and without a touchdown last week, his numbers would not have spiked. He didn't even have his first catch until the third quarter. Singletary gets Pittsburgh, who have allowed over 10 points to the primary running back once since week six. Now for Cobra Kai, I like the running back tandem of Chubb and Cook. Chubb and Cook, yes. Kitchens did remember that Chubb exists last week, and Arizona is soft against the run. Meanwhile, Cook got close to his regular workload last week after his injury the week prior. The only concern for him is that the Vikes go up big early and he gets to rest for the second half. Quarterback is a strength as well. You might want to consider resting Mahomes and let Watson zip that pigskin against a beatable Tennessee defense in a must-win divisional game for control of that AFC South. Now on the worrisome side, wide receiver. Amari Cooper is still playing through his knee injury, and if not for a touchdown last week, he would have been a total bust. The Rams have been tough versus the wide receiver the last two weeks, and Prescott is playing slightly hobbled already versus a rejuvenated Rams pass rush. Add in DJ Chark, who probably won't play, and you're left with Michael Gallup and Stephon Diggs, who, uh, you know, I already mentioned, it's very possible the Vikes go up big early, and he could be game-planned out by halftime. I am picking Cobra Kai to end Gridiron Mafia's Phyllis Dreams. Now that means my projected matchups for the championship bout. It looks like I'm project, uh, predicting both of our potential first-time Phyllis winners are going to be knocked out this round. Yep. Looks like I'm projecting an Awful Waffles versus Cobra Kai championship. Could be interesting. Could be boring. We'll just have to tune in and see. That's really all I've got for this week. Uh, a little bit shorter. And closing to Thursday Night Football this week, Jets taking on the Ravens. Don't forget you can buy NFFL swag on Redbubble. Bit.ly slash NellisNFFL. And uh, two fun things for that. I've got two codes for you I'm going to put in the, in the uh, show notes. Got a 15% off code good if you want to pick up some Nellis gear. It's good until 11.59 on December 13th. That's 15 off, 150FF. And also got a code good for $10 off when you spend 30. Uh, it's good through February, uh, February 1st. Uh, like I said, I'll put it in the notes because it's a bunch of letters and numbers that I'm not going to rattle off. So outfit yourself with some sweet Nellis gear. I'll see you guys next week for the championship preview. And how about I pound you like a boy? That didn't come out right. You suck! The NFFL Podcast is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story.